And you're very welcome along to this week's episode of the 16th Man GA podcast here by Pundit Arena. I'm Brian Barry. With me is Joel Slattery. Uh, it's a hurling heavy weekend that we're going to review and plenty to get through. Uh, Claire, there's a lot of talk about the banner after their dominant first half display against Cork. They won the game. Really, it looked like they had another gear in truth. We're going to be chatting about that. Tipperary and Wexford played out uh, an exciting game, you can say, above Antarlis on Saturday night. Meanwhile, Limerick demolished Dublin down in the Gaelic rounds. And Kilkenny and Watford as well from yesterday. Kilkenny going down to Walt Park and picking up their first points of the league. Joel, we're going to start with Clare because, OK, a lot of talk was about Wexford with their two wins from two. Clare also headed into the weekend on a 100% record. They backed it up. They it was a sec- the second quarter really in the match that they really just kicked on. It was four points apiece or so, and they just pushed on. The big, I suppose, question rising from it is: Are they peaking early? Are they peaking at the right time? Is this cleared a hundred percent, or is this just will we take it for what it is? Good early season form. Oh yeah, look, it is good early season form. Um, given the last couple of years haven't been too great for them. I think it's important that they do try and build a bit of momentum, get these wins early on. And, uh, as you said, that first half was really impressive. Just 16 points and they missed a few chances. They should have actually had a higher score at the break. Um, obviously, the early, the second quarter in particular, Cork just weren't at the races. But look, if you're a clear supporter, you can only beat what's in front of you, so you'd be thrilled. Particularly the first half. Second half, they dropped it a bit, but like you can't really keep that intensity for 70 minutes. You're not going to score 16 points in the first half and 16 more in the second half. So, overall, a good day for them. Sure. 23 points and 19 winners over um, over Cork. There, I think one interesting thing that uh, kind of caught my attention, Michael O'Malley, man of the match, was speaking to TG Cahar after the game. He said, especially uh, playing at, uh, in Ennis at Cusack Park, we don't want teams coming here and winning it was kind of interesting ahead of the new championship format where they're going to have two games at home. They're almost creating this kind of atmosphere around Ennis. This is our house. Nobody's going to come in here and shove us around. It's And should they win their home games in, in the Munster championship, they're giving themselves, if you win two out of two there, you're giving yourself a real chance of reaching the provincial decider. Is I suppose... Are they peaking now is the question now or do they have something extra in the tank? Like, for instance, we're going to be chatting about Watford later in the show and I don't think anybody thinks Watford are anywhere near at their championship levels or championship intensity. In truth, I don't think the fact that Clare three from three and Watford are nil from three means anything when they meet in Ennis in the second round of the Munster Championship. But Clare, they got to the Munster Senior League Hurling final or Munster Senior Hurling League final, I should say. They went out even to in November to Boston. I'm not going to read anything into that result, but at the same time, they seemed to have a few weeks training under their belt, whereas the other three teams didn't really. They're taking this. They're trying to hit the ground running very, very early. Yeah, but I suppose as well, like if you want to reach a Munster final, you're going to have to perform four weeks out of five in that round robin stage. So. Like it's the perfect preparation. It's national league. We will play five games in seven weeks. So it's how you know if you can do it in the championship. Prove you can do it in the league. To the point about making Ennis, I suppose, a fortress. It's going to be tough, say, for Tipperary because everyone has played in Torlas. Everyone has played big games in the old packet Creve in the Gaelic grounds. 
for every player from every county, it's going to be a new thing playing championship games in Ennis, a tight pitch, crowd on top of you. So it's really something that Clare can make an advantage for them in the championship in the next few years. Sure, in terms of what's new this year and what they'll bring to the table that they haven't the last few years, I think we all know there's been a lot of talk about Peter Duggan and his rising form. He's been the focal point. He missed an easy free, but he scored eight points all from place balls. Michael O'Malley as well, wing-back getting man of the match yesterday. Like, There's no doubting since 2013 they went, they won All-Ireland and they've done relatively nothing since. Uh, a few tame ed- exits from the championships in, in quarterfinals and qualifiers, etc. They're like they don't really need a huge amount new. They just need everything to click and all these top class hurlers they have to gel and actually play all to their potential on the same day. Oh yeah, hundred percent agree with you there, Brian. Um, it's all about just getting everyone together and they're very good to have one or two names playing well on a particular day. We all know what they can do if everyone clicks. But unfortunately, we're only seeing that once every couple of years and not every match, like, say, the Great Kilkenny teams. All their players played well all the time. So that's something that Clare have to, do, I suppose, start doing. But again, this league, this new league structure where you're playing week on week, week on week in the championship, will give these players a chance to play together every Sunday, four or five Sundays in a row, so they'll only improve, I feel. Sure, they beat Cork by four points. Cork going up there, they're... They're not a team who are hanging their hat on the league either. Uh, John Moyler has come out and said on several occasions, we're here to blood in new players, etc. We'll hear from him first. He was speaking after the game and he uh, he echoed the sentiment that it was those, I suppose, the second half of the first half that did make all the difference. That clear settled very well. Um, you know, just four or five points each and then they hit a purple patch. They hit seven or eight points in a row without reply. You know, and going in at halftime, nine points down... Um, you know, we were up against it really. Um, we settled well, but then Clare got good points there in the middle of the second half and just, you know, edged it out. And Hoggy tried for a few goals there, you know. But uh, look, um, hopefully we'll have uh, Lahan back now and Cadigan back next Sunday if it's given. So, you know. Look, we didn't play at all for the last 20 minutes of the first half. That was really it. It was a poor performance for 20 minutes. We didn't play. Clare hit purple patch and they hit some really good scores and um, that was it and their support play was better their touch was better you know they were sharper so ah, yeah, look very solid in the second half but we couldn't get that goal we needed when we were six points down we needed a goal you know Hoggy or Harnedy needed to get a score and we didn't get it and um, you know the couple of frees we got there Shane or uh, Hoggy went for a goal Again, made a goal he made a couple of good saves look so look we, we'll, we'll, we've Waterford next Sunday now in the park Joel, Cork are very much experimental. They're holding their own in Division 1A. They got one win from three, which is probably not the worst result considering that they've only played one home game so far. He's trying out a few new fellas. They're at home against Watford next week, and that's comparatively, I suppose, relatively speaking, in Division 1A. In 2018, Watford at home is on paper your easiest match. It's, that might get them should they win that'll get them to the four point mark but Cork are building for something bigger again aren't they there they have that is there a bit of an edge about that Watford game now considering the All-Ireland semi-final last year um, I suppose there is you definitely want to get one back over them um, in terms of the league obviously Cork aren't in this to try and win the league per se but you don't want to get relegated you don't want to find yourself in a relegation final Um We've seen over the last few years, being in 1B hasn't been the end of the world for some teams. 
but you want to be playing the top teams at the highest level. It's the only way to blood in these new players year on year is to keep them playing in 1A, keep them playing against Tipperary, Kilkenny, all these sides. So it is quite a big game for Cork just to bring Waterford to Parky Cueve and show what you can do, play in front of your home fans and show that you are actually improving, that these new guys are up to the task. Sure. We're going to look at the other game, the other big game, I suppose, of the weekend was Tipperary against Wexford in Semple Stadium. I was there myself. Good buzz around the place. There was over 8,000 there. I'd actually say the majority were from Wexford. There seemed to be a bigger away following than there was a home following. Tipperary first, they came out on the right side of a big uh, of the result, obviously, 321 to 121. It was somewhat similar to the Clare and Cork game in that uh, Tipperary really took control in the second quarter there. But it was the usual performers for them. I thought Podrick Maher was absolutely super again. Jason Ford hit 2-9 from the freeze. All nine points coming, or sorry, two nine for overall nine points from the freeze. Like the story of the game basically was that Tipperary took their goal chances and Wexford didn't. Dara Mooney making two big saves. And since uh, the retirement of Gleason last year in goals, Dara Mooney is somebody who needs to step up and he has so far. He's like, that's what Tipperary needed to take out from this league, find a settled goalkeeper. Yeah, they played Paul Matter in the first two games in goals, and Michael Ryan did say after the um, after the Warford match that it would be Darren Mooney's turn, I suppose, to get his chance to show what he could do, and he really did take that chance. Those two saves at the at the very end of the game, with the results in the melting pot, just fantastic saves. And um, you can criticise Wexford, I suppose, for not taking the chances, but really, Joe, he showed that he's got the potential to be a top class keeper. And Joe didn't look out of place playing Division 1 hurling. Sure. Then Ford is another one. He got man of the match and it was almost symbolic. The last time he played against Wexford and Davy Fitz, he, there was that controversy on the field that ended up uh, with him getting banned. He went out, did his talking on the field this time, scored 2-9. He's... Okay, here is a super uh, player. Michael Ryan confirmed after the game he won't be playing next week against Kilkenny because he's involved in the Fitzgibbon Cup final with UL the day before. But my question is, in this Tipperary forward line in the heat of a championship match, if everybody's fit, is there space for Jason Ford? I think there's probably five shoe-ins to start in Michael Ryan's mind in John Bubbles O'Dwyer, John McGrath, Noel McGrath, Seamus Callanan and Patrick Bonner-Marr. So there's a sixth spot there for somebody. Is that Jason Ford should Seamus Callan go back into freeze? There's not necessarily a need for Ford off place balls. Or does he go for somebody a bit more like, I suppose Dynamic's not quite a scorer, in fact, because he has the firepower there, go for somebody like Dan McCormick. It'll certainly be interesting. Michael Breen as well is playing up in the forwards at the moment. But Ford, when he's on fire, is up there as good a forward about, isn't he? Yeah, and he brings something a bit different to the game than Dan McCormick, as you just mentioned there. Um, I think McCormick really played it. It was clear his role was in the team last year. He wasn't there to get the score. He was there to break the ball and set up the scores for the other players. He does that superbly. But like what Jason Ford also brings to the plate, like that first goal on Saturday night was superb. It's a fantastic bit of skill. And it's very hard to leave players that skillful out of the team, especially, you know, when you're going to need to rack up big scores the way the game has gone, you need fellas who can put the ball over the bar. But um, 
look, it, it's options for Michael Ryan, and that's the main thing. Joe Tip can play different ways, which is something that's going to be very useful come May, June, and July. Sure, Tip are warming up nicely. I think that's the main takeaway, really. They lost in Ennis the first day, but they've gone out, picked up two wins, and now with four points, you can probably say they'll be in the quarterfinal rather than that relegation playoff. We were ta- I actually caught up with Brendan Maher after the game and he said that it was a case of job done. I think we were up and down a good bit there. Um, poor starts, had a strong 20 minutes in the first half, then kind of started okay in the second half, let them back into it and finished strongly. So it was a bit up and down. Kind of, I suppose, this time of year that's going to happen. Um, so it's, it's just about getting the two points. So we're, we're happy to move on now with four points on the board. So it uh, puts us in a good position going forward. It got a bit sloppy there at stages in the second half. Is that just, I suppose just reflected at the time of year? Yeah, I think so. Look, I mean, the hurling isn't the sharpest, I suppose, at this time of the year, and it's hard to it's hard to get as sharp with the conditions, but look, it's the same for everyone. So um, I think we, there's definitely lots of parts of that game that we wouldn't be happy with. Um, even at half-time, I think we were seven up, but most of the, the half-time discussion was about the negative things that we had done the first half. So it's all about trying to improve, as was, at this time of the year and make sure that you're ready for that um, that blitz of games and championship. You know? Two goals and nine points for Jason Ford. It was a big for- performance for him. Yeah, brilliant. Look, Jay has been flying and his Fitzgibbon Cup form has been unbelievable as well. And he's the, he's definitely the foreign player for us at the moment and uh, it's great to see him driving on. He's unbelievable talent and uh, you know he's a leader for us there now up front. After two wins from three, two in a row now, it's really building a bit of momentum for Tip. Yeah, it is. Look, I mean, it's, it's nothing to get carried away with. Like, it's it's only two points at the end of the day and we have a tough battle to come next Sunday now to go down to Nolan Park. Um, you know, it'd be great to get a win there, but it's, look, as, as is well documented, our record down there isn't good, so... Um, you know, we, that's something that we're aiming for now. We'll get back in, get a good week's training done, and look forward to that then on Sunday. Typical Kenny, the stakes are always that much higher, aren't they? Yeah, absolutely. Look, the, the rivalry that's there, I suppose, not so much in the younger group that are with us now. They probably haven't experienced it, but definitely our age group have, have had some unbelievable battles down through the years. So uh, it's a game you look forward to when you see the fixtures coming out. You always look for that one and see what date it's on. So uh, it's great now. It's great to, to go back into training on Tuesday night after a win tonight and looking forward to a game like that then next weekend. So tip up and running there on four points. They're level with Wexford now. Who they went to Thurles and they put it up to Tipperary. Davy Fitz, who we'll be hearing from in a few moments, was disappointed, and I think that's a testament to how far Wexford and Davy have come. That they're disappointed after winning their opening two league games in Division One A and putting it up to Tipperary in a game that was in the balance right up until injury time. They're I think Lee Chin was absolutely phenomenal once again. You would worry that I don't think he's a free taker. He scored, I'll have it in front of me in one moment, but I think he scored eight points, three from freeze, possibly, and uh, 265s. But he missed a host of chances as well, plenty of scoreable freeze. Do they need some? I think they just need somebody who's there, somebody like Jason Ford, somebody who's just Mr. Reliable, who's going to get those um, place balls time and time and time again. And then take the pressure off Chin. And he's in the loose. He's one of the best players in Ireland at the moment. There's no denying that. One of the best athletes, etc. Obviously, we can point then to Conor McDonald as well. Um, he missed that goal chance, or two goal chances rather, from Darren Mooney. The saves from Darren Mooney. On a different day, he might have shot them into the ground and rattled the net. It's like... It's, they're fixables for Wexford certainly if they find a free taker and they're still moving in the right direction I'm not going to say it's a moral victory as such but it's certainly for a team who have been talked up as relegation candidates at the start of the year Joel it's not going too badly for them either 
No, it's not too, going too badly at all, but um, I completely agree with you about needing a free taker. Um, I think Lee Chin is such a good player for Wexford as well. You, you don't want to have him in the freeze when he's not a 90-95% shooter. He, he doesn't seem to affect his confidence, but if it starts affecting his confidence, missing freeze in his overall play, that's something David Fitz can't afford. Um, he missed a few at the weekend, wasn't 100% accurate against Cork, missed one in the shootout against Kilkenny. We actually miss it completely. So, um, yeah, I think if Wexford can get just a reliable free taker to, to supplement, to complement Chin's play in, in the open, that, that's what they really will need to go far this year. Sure. Uh, we heard from Davy Fitz after the game, and although they lost, he wasn't too down in the dumps. Like we were beaten by six. I don't think we deserve to be beaten by six. The big thing in that game was the 10 minutes coming into half time. That was the problem. Just. It was a poor 10 minutes. Um, I thought we were sloppy enough with the goals we conceded. And when you get chances, you need to take them. They're the negs. The positives are we absolutely battled unreal and we never give up. And with a minute to go or two minutes to go, we had a chance to draw that game and it was a pretty good one. So I can't say a word to them. They showed fair spirit out there and uh, fair play to them. And um, normally when a team gets up on you, like Tip went up on us, two or three times by a number of scores. Like, so we fought back at the start of the second half and we came back to a few points and then they got the goal again and then that put us back down again. Then we came back again and that's what I was most happy about is they showed unbelievable courage and commitment. And It's probably going to take us maybe another year or so to get what I, exactly what I want. To, it's the mistakes. We've got to stop the mistakes. If you look back on the tape, I promise you, look back on it, you will see that a goal and probably three of... Sorry. The first goal, second goal, I reckon, easily preventable. The third goal, Aidan Nolan was fouled. You can see his hand being pulled back. So you can should have been a free or way. Instead, it goes in to get the third one, which is a pity. I'd love if we had actually managed to get the ball inside with a minute to go and see what we could have done. It would have been great. Um, so it, it, it's harsh to take the six points at the end of it. But you know what? Um, I'm not. There's other defeats you'll be very down after. I'm not very down. Just disappointed in that 10 minutes before half time, And just a few mistakes we're making. Would it be too simplistic to say the two saves from Darren Mooney made the difference? Oh, fuck it, he made, he made, Jesus Christ, I don't know what he was at. <laughs> I think they should, they sh- we, should be, we should be netting them, right? And I think you'll see Chinner went through as well. If you look at another chance in the second half, Chinner went right through. Rory O'Connor was on his own and he just put the pass to, it was, it was, it was open for a chance, so it was. It was, it was there. The opportunity was a golden chance and if you get them against Tip, you've got to take them. Like, I think if you look at today, Mark didn't have a save to make. So the three goals they got were three opportunities where I think we made a lot of opportunities but just didn't take them. But um, Tipper, Tipper, Tipper right up there. I think Tipper and one or two, like they're right there. So uh, we know that and they have two or three to come back. So we're happy enough. Joel, Davy said there, it's going to take us another year to get us exactly where I want to. It's another chill the bean statement, really. They're moving in the right direction. I think I think people, like everybody's believing them at this stage. Nobody thought he'd come this far with Wexford in such a short space of time where you think they were two years ago. No hopers in Division 1B. Now they're up there. They have their Division 1A status probably solidified if they pick up another win it'll be definitely they're like they're absolutely moving in the right direction but 
next week is going to be an absolute cracker. It's Clare coming to town, and I don't think, yeah, it's the first time that Wexford have played Clare since Davy Fitz took over. It's that added element, isn't it, down in Wexford Park? Yeah, it's going to be some occasion, obviously. Anytime Davy's around, there's always an occasion, but it's Davy versus Clare. It's going to be going to be fantastic. Definitely one to watch out for. Um, interesting listening to Davy's comments. He'll be content, and but there are a few things, but the other are manageable, like we mentioned, missing the freeze. The other thing I noticed about Saturday night's game was when Tip got a run, they were scoring four or five in a row. That's kind of something Wexford can't afford to do when they play Kilkenny in Galway in the Championship. When Galway have a 10-minute spell where they're dominating you, you have to knock over a few points yourself, stay toe-to-toe with them. That's one thing. Joe, you can work on that. You can improve on that. But if they can just fix these little things, they have the makings of a fine team down there. Sure, absolutely. Uh, Davey then was, was put to him after the game about that added factor of playing against Clare. Clare seems to be flying at the moment, but you know what, in this division... I think it's. I think anyone could beat anyone in this division. The most important thing for Wexford is like we were odds on to go down. We last night. We still might go down. We might might stay up, but we're able to compete. That's a big thing for Wexford. We're not. We're not thrown in the towel. We're not afraid. We'll keep competing, and that's. You, you've no idea. That's very big for these lads. So, as, as regards clear up next, yeah. Like I know a lot of them lads. I I've won a lot of stuff with them lads. So. I've nothing but admiration for them, but like we've said, we bought it 70 minutes. I feel that Clare lads will lift it incredible playing against me. I really do. Um, and you'd say, why is that? Like, they'll want, they'll want to perform against me. I know that. And it's not out of lack of respect. I just know that they'll want to do a big time against me. So they'll be coming to Wexford Park, all guns blazing, so well. So, so the third Division 1 A game of the weekend was Kilkenny heading down to Watford. We were talking it up as a potential game that, well, it'll put the loser into the relegation playoff, probably. Kilkenny going down there, winning comprehensively, really, in the end, um, 120-112. to 112. TJ Reid uh, scoring 111. Kilhan, again, the young fella scoring five from play, was probably the, the, talk, the main talking point of it. It's a massive lift for Kilkenny, and it gets the media attention gets kind of d- 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 doom and gloom, I suppose, off their backs. Yeah, obviously, we, we covered on the site the other day, um, last night, I should say, Michael Dignan's comments about how Kilkenny K- K- won't win another All-Ireland under Cody, but then you see them, they go on to hammer last year's beaten finalists, which just show that they are up there with the top teams in the country still, even at this stage. Um, a bit disappointed at Warford. I know we kind of spoke last week how this isn't the be-all and end-all for them. But at the end of the day, you go from to the field, like you're going to try, you're still trying your best, and they are falling short. And it is it is a worry. It has to be a worry for Watford. It has to be a worry for Derek McGrath that Joe, it's not like teams are pulling away at the very end. They are being out-hurled over long periods of time. Sure. Like, Watford now are... OK, I, I think Derek McGrath is going to just sit back and try learn something from the last two games learn stuff about the team they're going down to Porky Creeve to take on Cork next Sunday and then their final game is at home to Clare like even if they win their final two games they're not necessarily guaranteed to be out of that given the uh, out of the relegation playoff can, particularly considering the fact that they're minus 24 points differential right now it, it reminds me possibly of Cork two years ago 
that they lost all five and then they ambushed Galway, so to speak, on the final day in the relegation playoff. I think Watford now would be content with that, even if they lose their final two games, perhaps just if they learn a thing or two. Of course, having said that, there's a lot of talk about them now and people are getting on their back because they've lost all three in a row and that's going to happen come with losses or poor performances. In many ways, do they want to just put in a statement victory down in Cork against Cork just to get people off their back and put focus on whoever loses next week and there's a bit more pressure and the column inches will be directed somewhere else? Um, yeah, they really need to, to get a win, I think, just to kind of relax things a bit, kind of get the, get the pressure off them. Um, the thing as well, we mentioned about Clare, how they want to make Ennis a fortress. Water have two losses from two in Walsh Park. Now they play Clare in round five at home, and while it's still up in the air, whether the Walsh Park will be suitable for the Munster Championship or not, you, you don't want to get into the habit of losing your home matches, especially now with home advantage being so important in the latter months of the year. So that it's definitely something there are concerns over this Watford team. Um they're kind of getting away with the it's only the league mentality from some other people, but it's definitely definitely something that you have to keep an eye on. Sure, absolutely. We're going down to Division One B now. Joel, you were at the Gaelic Rounds on Saturday night for Limerick's win over Dublin. Limerick hammered them straight out. Um we've talked about a lot a lot about Limerick and that final game up in Galway, up in Salt Hill, uh, is the promotion decider now. Unless, uh, even if D- Dublin were to shock Galway, Limerick would want to lose to Antrim for any permutations to come into play. So it looks a pretty safe bet now at this stage that that's going to be the top of the table decider. Limerick, they look like they're seriously improving this year under John Kiley. Uh, yeah, they were, they were good now on Saturday night, but. Um... I think it's hard to have a takeaway bigger than Dublin being poor. They were off the pace. Limerick were able to run rings around them. Um, it was close now the first quarter of an hour, but between the 15th and 27th minute, Limerick outscored them 1-6 to a point. Obviously, the penalty helped that as well. Dublin didn't score two points in a row until the 54th and 55th minute, at which point they were losing 122 to 12. So just, like, it was really start uh, towards the very end, Dublin got a few points in, in what the Americans would call garbage time, but really like Limerick dominated the game and it's one that Pat Gilroy has to be worried about. Sure, and this begs the question, okay, I don't think anybody like thought he'd come in and make an, an immediate impact like Davy Fitz did, for instance, last year, but at the same time, people were expecting that they'd be a bit further along the road and they'd be putting in more credible performances, so to speak, rather than They've only one win from three so far, and that was a nail-biter above an Antrim. They've got hammered by Offaly and Limerick now at this stage. Like, be expecting to beat Leash to qualify for the league quarterfinals, but at the same time, he's brought in a lot of these older players. Conal Keeney coming back, for instance. Danny Sutcliffe having been out away from the top level for so long. Is, it's gone. It might take a while for him to get back up to that level if he is to return there. It's... Like they would, there's no other way, no beating around the bush about it. They looked like a team who, like, have no hope of competing in the Leinster Championship, judging by Saturday evening's display and their display so far in this league. Yeah, and Sutcliffe and Keeney, like they had their moments. They showed, like you could tell they were good hurlers, but 
unfortunately, you almost have to get them the ball. Like, so many miles in the legs. They're not going to run 50 yards, charge someone down, and then get their own score. They need the players around them to to really help them, and it, it just it just didn't happen for them on Saturday night. Sure, they're playing against Galway in Parnell Park. They have a much better record in Parnell Park rather than in um, in Crow Park, for instance, where they play at home. The like that's the ideal. I, I know we said this time last week that it was an ideal opportunity for them to go down and put in a statement win against Limerick or a statement performance. Like they'll probably lose to Galway, although Galway are stuttering along themselves. Having said that, stuttering, they're still winning games, which is the most important thing. They'll be eager to put in a performance, something to draw upon for when they play Leash in that final round of games. Yeah, uh, like it's kind of gone from saying that Dublin are a banana skin for Limerick and Galway to saying Leash are a huge banana skin for Dublin. Joy, this, this isn't a, a game that they uh, that they're a hundred percent favourites for at the moment. They're just they're not playing well enough to to take that game for granted. So they, they have this game against Galway to just try and play themselves into a bit of form. Um, it, you, you hate saying the result doesn't really matter, but it is about the performance this weekend for Dublin. They have to improve it. They have to start getting a bit crisper in their passing, just in their movement. They're, they're, they're short-paced running, just getting off the mark that bit quicker. And um, if like if the Galway game goes the same way the Limerick and Offaly game went, they'll be very nervous going into the last match. Sure, you were above in the Gaelic rounds. You said you chatted to Pat Gilroy after the game. Yeah, Pat spoke to Pat Gilroy afterwards, and he was well. He he was able to put his finger on where he felt it went went wrong for the Dubs. Look, the second half of the first half, we we completely dropped off our intensity, and once we do that, um, you know, we're very vulnerable, and uh, we're we're certainly not getting um, the performances in the games that we're we're seeing in terms of the effort that's going into training. So. Um, you know, we've got to look at that and see why why are we dropping off in those periods? Because when we drop off, we really get hurt. Um, I mean, the one positive for us was you could have folded the tenth and half time when you were were that far behind, but you lost the second half by two points. So we showed a bit of spirit to, to go keep going at it uh, when you know a lot of things weren't going our way. Um, but we we know the root cause of this. The root cause of this is once we drop off our intensity around the middle third, we're very vulnerable, and uh, if we don't get that, uh, we're not going to win games. Obviously, Limerick on form now, three wins in a row. They play Antrim this weekend, but a co- combination of the Napiercic they're still missing and without the seven UL players and were involved in the Fitzgibbon Cup final. So John Kelly knows it will be a challenge going up north with a defeated panel. We have a very, very difficult uh, assignment next weekend because UL are playing the Fitzgibbon Cup on uh, Saturday and we'll be going to Antrim on Saturday. And, you know, that gives us a very limited panel to, to work from but it's a great challenge for the the panel as a whole in terms of uh, it's, a, it's a real character test and it's a real test of the depth that we have in the panel and uh, you know we're going to get to see a number of lads next week that we may not have ordinarily got to see next weekend so it's up to them now to put their hand up and say listen I deserve to be included and I, I deserve to have a place in the team. I'm not going to expect the players to play if it's given final to turn around and drive tantrum next Saturday evening or Sunday morning I just don't think it's on players deserve more than that it's a prestigious competition and they should be entitled to have the weekend to play the final that's my position on it and as a management team we're united in that approach it does pose a lot of difficulties for us brings you back to bare bones I suppose in a way does it? well it brings you back in numbers to quite a, a really tight yeah, well, panel you know 
So I mean, a few injuries already as well. So mm. listen, we'll have to assess it during the course. I want to see how these lads that got knocks tonight, how they are. That could have an imp- a bearing on it. But like our intention is that the UL players will, will be with UL on Saturday and that'll be that. But we'll see how the week goes. Um, we'll just, we just have to make sure that we have enough bodies at the same time. But I don't want to be laying the law down and saying that you guys have to travel to Antrim after playing if it's given cup final. I just don't think it's fair. We're going to park the small ball now to one side for this week and chat about the football. First of all, Cara Finn uh, winning against Moorfield by a goal. It was by no means a classic. I don't think anybody will be recounting it for years uh, years to come. It was a very controversial red card for Farrahar early on, but Carafin just had that bit of class, a bit of grit to get over, even though they weren't perhaps playing their best football. Yeah, look, semi-finals are all about winning. It's it's a cliche, I know, but um, there's too much more you can say after that game. It was it was pretty poor. The the first half in particular, it was two two very nervous teams, two teams that just seemed afraid to go for the juggler and take the game by the scruff of the neck. I don't know if the if the early red card maybe added to the anxiousness of the players. Um, thought, thought it was a bit harsh. Bit of the criticism on the referee seemed a bit unfair. I thought it was a bit over the top. Now how um, so what some what some people are saying on social media and the like. Um, the fact it's not Ireland semi final isn't supposed to make any difference to the referee in his decision making. He's supposed to just follow the rules. But um, yeah, just overall it was a poor game and one that I'm. Um, We'll probably have those in Schlockneil and Neewa Rangers perked up and looking forward to their game to know that how poor Carfin were. Sure. Then the main talking point really was that Kieran Malloy went down. He was down in Tullamore. He jumped in the Garda car and made made it on for NUIG in the Sigerson Cup final. Whether or not, regardless of his impact in that game, is that just was it a bit stupid, I suppose, from the NUIG management putting on a guy who's played 60 minutes already under his belt of an All-Ireland semi-final. It's not just any old club game. Or if somebody's at that standard and it's feasibly possible, you just have to throw them in there. It, it's a tough one. Like, Joe, anyway, G, it's a, it's a good football school. You know, they, they have so many talented players. I think if you're if you're one of the lads who's sitting on the bench from the start and you're there beside them and you're thinking, geez, I can, I can come on here and do a job. You might be a small bit put out, but um, look, it's it's one of those things. Managements have to make a decision. We heard earlier in the show, John Kiley and Michael Ryan have straight away Joe just said that's not happening on their panels. They're letting the guys play the one game, but um, look, look, it's tough. D- these games they probably shouldn't clash. Like the club championship and the Sigerson, they're two of the most prestigious competitions the GAA have, and the fact that you can't play in both in the same year because of this clash. I suppose you, you shouldn't be able to geographically or by the times of the games is probably just wrong. So um, I think it's a tough situation. It's hard to be too critical either way. Sure, absolutely. And then the other big football game of the weekend was Kerry and Monaghan's rescheduled clash above in Inishkeen and Monaghan. Big win for Monaghan, wasn't it? Especially given that Kerry were two wins from two and going up there. They're looking to defend their title, and not many were given the Farney men a chance. Yeah, good, good result. Now, um, Kerry have been very impressive, obviously, so far this year. They're kind of people are talking about them again. Obviously, they won the league last year. They're trying to get now up to that level that the dubs are at. Dublin, perhaps even Mayo, setting the pace in the championship. 
you know, good result from Monaghan. Um, they've kind of been on the periphery of the top four or five teams for the last few years. So any any win they can get against the top four, it's, it's always a good result for them and they'll be delighted and give them great confidence going forward. Sure, absolutely. They're, they're in third place in the table now heading into the fourth round of games. They're probably thinking, OK, we're, we might be safe from relegation here. For a team that's often considered to be amongst the candidates for relegation from Division 1, they look to have staved it off for another year if they can pick up one more um, one more win in the final round of four games that should probably be enough Monaghan like it's all well and good going out and beating Feb- or beating Kerry in the middle of February the big question is can they do it this year and perhaps Monaghan are a team that might benefit from the new structure of the Super 8s because I think they've lost five All-Ireland quarterfinals so far this decade without winning one that's the level they're at. They're somewhere between teams five through eight in the country, if you were power ranking them. I suppose they seem to be thriving on the league format, consistent games against the top teams, and they're doing okay there. In that regard, the Super 8 might help them. Yeah, I might. It's funny, I'm just looking at the table here. They're, they're two wins and a loss with a points difference of just plus two. So they are coming through tight games, tight low-scoring games. So um, obviously this time of the year, helps that, that kind of traditional Ulster style of football with men behind the ball, trying to grit out a result. It's very difficult to do that in Croke Park in August, as we've seen with those five quarterfinal defeats. Obviously, the Super 8s be played in regional grounds, possibility for more of the tighter pitch. So it will probably suit them better than Croke Park would. Um, I agree with that. But um, yeah, big few weeks for them because four points is good to be, is a good spot to be at on the 19th of February. But it's not a good place to be on the 19th of March. So the next few weeks are crucial to get another few wins and just c- consolidate your place in one of the top five or six teams in the country. Sure, absolutely. Um, unfortunately, that's all we do have time for here on this week's podcast. We'll be back next week. Plenty to look forward to. There's some massive games next week, including Davy heading there or Davy welcoming uh, Claire to Wexford Park. Should be interesting. A clash of two teams that don't face each other much these days is uh, Tipperary and Kilkenny and Nolan Park is always going to be a cracker. In the football then, Galway are heading down to Austin, Stacks Park and Tralee to face uh, Kerry and of course the small matter of Dublin against Mayo below in Castlebar. All to look forward to this weekend. We'll be back this time next week again to review the games so thanks very much for listening. Do subscribe, like, share, tell your friends, etc. The 16th Man GA podcast by Pundit Reina will be back next week. <laughs>